the IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Hey guys, it is me, it's your dude, I see robots, and we're back for another super exciting, super fun episode of the Stuck at Home Show. That's the one where, like, I don't know, we're still stuck in the house, things are still going along like they're going along, but, like, the news is good, things are on the upswing, vaccines are getting out there, everything is going to be over before you know it, we're going to be walking hand in hand in the sun, enjoying life at its fullest. I hope that, I hope that you guys are doing good. I hope that everything in your life is fine. I hope that everything around you is coming up roses, as it were. I, I myself, things are okay. I'm here at the uh, Earth base in the office, sitting around, hanging and banging, just doing whatever. I don't got a lot going on, as it were. But my mind is active. My body is active. Things are going on that I, I don't mind. So what are you going to do, dude? It's life. You know, let me, um, let me see. I got a toy over here. Let me, uh... Let me roll this way, and I apologize for rolling away from the mic. This is, this is becoming a trope of the show. Icy Robots rolls away from the microphone and yells a little louder so that hopefully, hopefully you can hear him. What I have right here in my hand is something that I picked up over at the, uh, at the good old Walmart, which I've been, which I've been going to lately. They're doing a, uh, they're doing a toy reset in the aisle, and they've been bringing lots of, uh, interesting things out. And every time I go there, I'm finding new and fun things. I found that alien toy the other week. I found some G.I. Joe cars the other week, and this week, I found the equivalent cars, but in Batman versions. These are Jada Toys Nano Hollywood Rides, and this is another set of these that I think is really fun. Classic Batman vehicles. You got the Joker-Mobile, the Bat-Cycle, and then the uh, first-generation classic TV Batmobile. Let me pop these open. I think these are really cool, man. They only cost like $5. Last time I was around, I bought the G.I. Joe set, which was cool. So I so I headed back over there to see if there were any different ones, and I found these, and they were only like 5 bucks. So I'm like, you are coming home with me. They are very, very, very small. Like, in comparison, I put this on my keyboard. I have the Batmobile in my hand right here. And it's almost the exact size of the backspace key on my keyboard, which is, which is cool. It's really cute. Let me pull out the Bat Cycle. This is fun too, man. These are so small and so neat. Like you could ride these if you were like an insect or whatever. Let me put this one here. It's a standard Bat Cycle with a sidecar for our guy Robin. You know what would have been fun? If instead of the bat cycle, they put the bat girl cycle, that purple, that purple one that you rode in the show, that would be pretty dope. But, um, you know how it is, Batman's the draw, not Batgirl, as weird as that would be, because I think Batgirl's a far more captivating character, you know, especially when she's played by Yvonne Craig on the old TV show. Let's see, let's see what's on the package here. There's a picture of all three of the vehicles, various, uh, warnings in different languages not suitable for children under 36 months. You would definitely swallow these, they are quite, quite small. Packaging must be retained since it contains important information. What information are they speaking of in which I have to retain this? I don't see anything, but this is, this is kind of cool. It has like a piece of cardboard in the front of the packaging that I'm going to use as a bookmark. It says Batman on it. I, I like that. Sometimes I'll actually like cut up old toy packaging to use as bookmarks and I'll put them out in the, uh, out in the little library in front of my house and, and people grab them up. So that's always... That's always fun. These are really cool, though, man. I don't, I don't recall the Joker ever driving the Joker mobile on the show. This is like an Archie-style jalopy with a uh, that whole rat rod thing going on. It's green. Obviously, almost everything around the Joker is green. It doesn't have, 
It doesn't have like a big Joker logo on it. Well, it does. In the front of the car, the uh, the hood ornament is the Joker's head. That's that's kind of fun branding. The best one, obviously, is the Batmobile. This is the uh, G1 Batmobile, which is my favorite one of all the different versions of the uh, the Mobile of Bats. I think this is definitely the coolest. I think my least favorite is, what is it called, the Tumbler from the uh, Christopher Nolan movies. I can see how that would be, like, an amazing Batmobile, and I can see how it would be amazingly useful in combat. But, like, I don't like the way it looks. It's not really cool. I think the one that I've seen in the trailer for the uh, new uh, Rob Battison Batman movie that's going to be coming out sometime in the future looks pretty cool, like a neat, like a neat muscle car. But my favorite one is the original, the one that you would see on the old Batman TV show with Adam West and Burt Ward. I just dig it, man. I dig how it's open on the top. I like the, uh, I like the jet exhaust in the back. Just a really great car. When I was a kid, this might have been, you can hear me rolling on the desk right now. This might have been the first car that I ever saw that I was just like, that car is dope. When I'm a grown-up driver, I'm going to drive the Batmobile. But I'm not Jerry Lawler. I don't own a Batmobile. Not even close. I, uh, I got a junky old car. But anyway, this is this is a super fun little toy, man. For like $5, you get three little cars. The Bat Cycle is also very neat. Lots of details in it. There is a sidecar with um some Robin logo, the big R logo. You got the Bat logo on the front of the cycle. Very, 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 very cool. Very much worth purchasing. I'm gonna toss this uh I'm gonna toss this packaging in here. Till later, let me move this stuff over here, coughed up forever into the garbage. How you guys doing, man? You guys doing good? I know that this toy segment didn't turn out to be as much fun as we would have hoped. Cars, cars are cool. We all like toy cars, but there's not like, there's not a lot, like a ton to say about toy cars. You can't get into like the points of articulation and the details of like the molds and all that stuff. They're cars. They have four wheels. In this case, three wheels on the motorcycle, but they have four wheels, a body, they roll. They don't really roll that great. Eh, good enough. Let's see. Roll around. They're just fun. Fun little uh, gimmicks to, like, sit on your desk. I have this little display case in the living room. Where I put, like, really, really small items. And I think I'm going to take the a small Batmobile and I'm going to put it in there because it really, it really deserves a place of fame. I'm going to take the Robin Bat Cycle, put it up on my Batman display. And the Joker car... I don't know. I'm not really so into the Joker car. I gotta be honest. I'm not like a Joker guy. I know some guys think he's a really, really compelling character, but he doesn't. He just doesn't do it for me. I, I, I don't dig him that much. The whole motif of a clown doesn't really, like, do it for your guy. But if you like him, man, hey, man, good for you. Good for you. He's been a classic villain forever. I'm probably in the wrong on this one because dudes, like, dudes led people to Academy Awards. Dudes led people to incredible success. The idea that you're going to play the Joker leads the world to believe you're going to win the Academy Award that year, which is just crazy. I I don't know, man. The Joker's not all that as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, you know, whatever, dude. Whatever floats your boat. I'm really, I'm really struggling here for something to say. Let's move forward into the show. We're going to see what, uh, we're going to see what our gal, the Sagittarian, has cooking this week. She sent in a, sent in a pandemic pantry for us to listen to. I haven't I myself have not had the chance to listen to it yet, so I will be listening to it for the first time, much like you are. And when we get back together on the other side, we'll talk about what she said. All right, go! The Pandemic Pantry, with your host, the Sausagitarian. Whoa, hey kids, it has been a long day in the Pandemic Pantry. It's me, your girl, Sarah Burr, and I am Pete. 
I have a lot of recipe development assignments this month. So websites and companies uh, contact me to make up different recipes, and I have just been staying in a way at these things. When you make a cake like five times in a week, it starts to not resemble a cake. Your mind gets a little crazy and distorted. I've been making some mistakes. I've had some frustrations. My job is to be frustrated and make mistakes so that when the recipe is available to all you folks out in the world, you won't be making mistakes and being frustrated. I don't want you to be frustrated, but mistakes are part of cooking. It's just what happens. I make mistakes sometimes. I make mistakes a lot. I know how to identify potential mistakes, and I know how to avoid them pretty well, but sometimes I make mistakes, and that is part of my job. It's part of all of us learning. It's frustrating. We don't want to waste time. We don't want to waste food, but it's part of you growing as a cook, okay? So when you make mistakes, sometimes it's expensive. Sometimes it makes you mad. Sometimes it's inedible. Sometimes it's not delicious. But that's how life goes, all right? You learn from your mistakes in the kitchen. Have a little hissy fit. Go take a walk. And then just keep at it, you know? Just get over it and move forward. you got to keep moving forward in life. I hope you guys are doing okay. I hope you're just moving forward, right? We're just putting one foot in front of the other. I feel like everything that we have been through so far with this pandemic. This this month is the month I'm like, man, I'm done with this thing, you know? And this thing isn't done with us. We have to just keep on going forward. And, you know, if you're mad, make make something to make you happy. Go on a walk. Do something, all right? Hey, I'm here for you. I'm glad that you guys are part of my life. So I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> You are listening to the Stuck at Home Show. It's like Lotto. You have to be in it to win it. But if the beat is fresh then, I see robots will spin it. Two years ago, a friend of mine asked me to say some MC rhymes, so I said this rhyme I'm about to say. The rhyme was deaf and it went this way. All right, Tidy Whitey, we are back. Big shout out to the Sausagetarian. You can find her on Instagram at Sausagetarian, Sausagetarian.com. She had some real wisdom in that post. Remember, remember when you were a kid and you would try something new and you would inevitably like fail in your first attempt because things are difficult to do. And then you would like you would like get so embarrassed that you would just quit. And you ended up like quitting like a million things. Maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm just talking about myself, but I think that it is, like, human nature to get embarrassed and kind of try to avoid that embarrassment. And a lot of time that, um, that winds up costing you things that you may very well have been, uh, good at. Back when I was, back when I was in the martial arts game, I talked about that on This Boring Life. I, I did a little stuff in the dojo back in the day, but I, I was terrible when I started. I was terrible when I finished, too, but, uh, I was especially terrible at, at martial arts when I started, and I would... I would get beat up by everybody. Like, everybody would whoop on me. And it took a long time before I was able to whoop on guys who were just uh, beginning the class. But during that during that time that I was getting whooped on all the time, the average guy would have wimped out. But your guy here being, like, you know, on point about things, I stuck it through. And eventually I became I became completely mediocre at the uh, fighting art. But I, I gotta say, man, that urge to quit... When things get difficult, it's very, very easy to take a hold of. I also wonder if, like, in some way, when you try something, 
and you're just like awful at it. Like you're just like awful and you're getting served and it's whack and you, you give it up. I wonder if that, that's like your brain is also telling you that this might not be something that you're necessarily like super great at. So it might be a good idea to like, you know, cut bait early in the battle and just like move on towards something that you may be more inclined to do. I know not, dude. Everybody's different. Life is different for all of us. I do appreciate these these thoughtful considerations from the sausagetarian. It's always like super nice that she takes time out of her day and she sends these to us. She's busy working on these recipe projects. Recipe projects are crazy. I think about that that somebody out there is like writing a cookbook or they're writing like some kind of a cooking article and they they want to include some recipes, but, like, the person writing the article doesn't necessarily always, like, make the recipes themselves. They they farm them out to other more talented, more interesting individuals who can actually factually think of the, uh, the way to make these delicious treats work out in real life. Not just, like, in the abstract, like, in the article portion. But, at any rate, big shout-out to her, big shout-out to her for also making those recipes, man. Let's, let's move forward in the show. I, uh, I took a bath the other day. It was really great. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself. Give it a shot. What's wrong? I just took a bath. It's disgusting. A bath? Very good soak. The soak of the year. A bath? All right, this is me, and as we all know, your guy is self-indulgent in the way that I like to soak in a hot tub of water with Epsom salts and with bubbles and a nice magazine, maybe a Reader's Digest, whatever it is that I have, that I have at hand, possibly an old episode issue, rather, of Toy Fair without a cover, or an old Wizard magazine without a cover. I got, like, I got, like, a big pile in there that I'll, I'll dig through. I got them in a basket, and I'll go through the basket and find one. But I, I had a bath catastrophe the other day when I was trying to take a bath. It was a cold day here in Northern California. It was chilly. My joints were aching from, like, being out there and walking the earth all day and night in search of mental enlightenment and clarity. And I, I had come home with hopes of, like, pouring it all out into the water and just hitting it, hitting it hard. But I... I, at first, I ran the water, I ran it too hot, so I ran a small smudge of, a uh, cold. I was gonna, like, turn it over to the cold side for a little bit, but then I got, I got distracted doing something outside the room, and by the time I came back, the water was too cold for my liking, and that was just, like, that was, like, vexing me terribly, because I had been looking forward to taking the soak, like, the entire day, and then when I finally get the chance to do it, it's, it's ruined, there was no more hot water in the tank, it was too cold to convert it, so the wife... The wife was like, why don't I boil, like, the whole Instapot full of water, and then we'll dump it in there. And once we do that, it should, it should even out with, like, the cold water and give you, like, a nice, a nice middling thing. I like the Instapot super quick, so it's not even going to take very long. I'm like, what a great idea. You came to the rescue. You saved me again. And she, she went through the process, and she did it up and poured the water into the tub, and I had... The hottest soak that I have had in forever. This is my new secret soak treat. The water was so much hotter than the water that comes out of the hot water heater. This was like, this was like water as hot as the surface of the sun. And when it combined with the cold water, it became not quite the perfect temperature. It became slightly above 
the perfect temperature. While I was in the soak, the temperature would dip down and become perfect. So I was able to have more enjoyment. The anticipation of getting to the perfect temperature was enough to make this one of the greatest soaks of all time. Definitely the soak of the year this year. And while I while I was in there in this super hot water, at points it was so hot until it became the perfect temperature. It was so hot, it was scalding. I turned red. It looked like a lobster, but it was great. I I was thinking, I started thinking about like about like this Dear Abby that I read in, in the paper. Yeah, I still read the paper and I still read Dear Abby. So I started thinking about this Dear Abby I read where this guy was like, over the course of the year, over the course of this like last, you know, 12 months that we've had, I looked at myself in the mirror and I have a giant beard. I've never had a beard before. I go out hiking like two, occasionally three times a week. And I look like, and I act like this person that I might not even have recognized at the beginning of the, the last 12 months. And I, I started thinking, I'm like, you know, in some ways I feel that way too. My beard is bushier than it's ever been. I haven't seen a movie in a year. The dude who goes to the movies was like my identity as a person. Now I've become the dude who goes on hikes and has a big beard. And it's like, it's so interesting to see how it doesn't really take that long for you to become like a whole different person in some ways. It's only like 12 months. That's not like the longest time in the world. And I do feel like not like completely a different person because I'm I'm the same person. I just, I have varied interests beyond what my interests were at the beginning. It's... It's wild. The uh, the past year is really like it's exposed a lot of a uh, a lot of who we are on the inside. I think some people are out there doing weird stuff, spreading uh, conspiracies, being weird. Other people are like being super nice, doing whatever they can do. A lot of people are just they're just following the regs and uh, doing what they can to try to get things better. I think that um, I don't know. It's just a situation exposing what's inside your heart to some degree. I. I don't want to get any, any any deeper than that. It's a little boring, but I I'm laying there, you know, and I'm reading this this Reader's Digest, and I have this this article about dogs. These things frequently have articles about pets. People love their pets. They love to read about their pets. Reader's Digest knows this, but they they had this thing about like different sounds your dog makes to show you like different things. And my dog Ursa, like she's very vocal. She makes all these weird, like not whines, but just like sounds, like weird breaths. And she has this one that sounds like she's saying "uh huh." For this, I tried to get it on tape, but when I had the recorder anywhere near her, she was not making the sound. But she has this one, this one weird way that she exhales, and it sounds like she's going "mm hmm." And she does this frequently when I'm like asking her something, like like it's cold, and she lays on the couch, and she has short hair, and I'll put a blanket on top of her, and I'm like. Is that good? Are you cozy? And she will always go like, mm-hmm. And it's just the funniest thing to me. And it happens all the time. And I know that everybody who has the animal, they probably think things like this happen all the time. They always think like, my dog is talking to me. My dog is talking to me. But like, I've had other people in the room and they hear her say, mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. It's the funniest thing to me. And this this article got me got me thinking about that. I I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if I had any other like brilliant, uh bathtub thoughts i don't i don't think i have lately i'm I'm really hungry right now i'm I'm in between breakfast and like and like lunch i might go eat a bowl of cereal that's something that i'll I'll do when i need when i need a quick pick me up and that is like that's like the perfect lead-in to what we're gonna do next let's move forward in the show do you think it's the right time to do so Mm -hmm. let's go hey guys this is me grandmaster grandpa the number one dj from the Okinawa Prefecture Japan Check 1-2 You don't stop In the Pacific Coast states are lands of great variety 
from snow-covered peaks to warm, fertile valleys. In the coastal states, we'll see some of the wealth from many kinds of fruit and vegetables. In the coastal states, we'll see wealth from the seafood of the Pacific Ocean. In the coastal states, we'll see wealth from timber and other natural resources. In the coastal states, we'll see wealth from new and growing industries. These are all found in the westernmost part of the United States, the Pacific states, Washington, Oregon, and California. Coming from the northwest, the warm Japanese current, or North Pacific Drift, brings warm water to the coast. Westerly winds blowing over the sea carry moisture to the land. When these warm, moist winds reach the mountains, rain falls. Here are lush grasslands for dairy farming. Today, irrigation makes possible many kinds of specialized fruit and vegetable farming. This is the Stack AT Home Show recorded on the West Coast. To me, that is an amazing commercial. There's a, there's like this musical quality to the way Hulk Hogan says, Hulk Hogan doesn't eat nuts and honey. I... I don't know, dude. We all know that Hulk Hogan's amazing on the mic, and he really he really shows it there. When when Honey Nut Cheerios first launched into the mainstream, when I first remember seeing it with the B and all that stuff, like back in the early '80s, it was it was quite a sensation. Cheerios had been in our life for like forever, like seemingly forever, and to have a new varietal of Cheerios on the shelf with a mascot and all this stuff, and not only was it a new varietal of Cheerios, it was a sweet. A sweetened version of Cheerios. When I was like, when I was like a young sprat, we would stick to mostly, this is like when I was a young, young sprat. We would stick to mostly like somewhat healthy cereals in the house. Cheerios, corn flakes, shredded wheats, things like that. And when Honey Nut Cheerios like first dropped, I was able, able to convince my mom that this was like a health cereal. Because hey man, it's a bee. It's a Cheerio. It's a honey and it's a nut. So I... I was getting down on this like crazy. At the time, it was like Life Cereal was like the number one cereal at the house. As I as I got a little bit older, I was able to coerce her into getting, you know, Captain Crunch and all those delicious cereals. Now, you know how it is. You know how it is with your parents. And you know how it is now that uh, many of you are as a parent. When you, start, when you start off with these young kids, at first, you're just like, you are so strict on diet. You are so strict on everything. But as time goes by, you start allowing more pizza. You start allowing more uh, peanut butter Captain Crunch and stuff. It's... It's all good in the hood, man. Let's take a look at the uh, the brief history of Honey Nut Cheerios. They were first introduced in local markets in 1979 as kind of a test cereal. It came out at the same time as another cereal that they were testing out to see which was going to be which was going to be the first varietal of Cheerios besides standard Cheerios. This was a cereal known as Cinnamon Nut Cheerios. So you get our Honey Nut Cheerios. And your cinnamon nut Cheerios. Both of those sound pretty good, to be honest. I do like I do like a nice cinnamon flavor. The the winner overall in sales and the winner overall in taste test was Honey Nut Cheerios. So they rolled it out nationally in the early 80s with like a big ad campaign featuring 
the B and the songs and the commercials with Hulk Hogan. They had like a NASCAR tie-in, all kinds of stuff. Initially, when the cereal was released, there was honey and there was nuts. But over the years, people have become more conscious of like nut allergies and all that, all that kind of stuff. So they switched it up to another natural flavor with a uh, peach and apricot pits being the most, um, most common ingredient in the mix. It's interesting to me to think that, like, apricot pits taste the same as nuts, as almonds. That was the nut in the thing. It was almonds, not peanuts. I always, I always immediately go to peanuts when I hear nuts. I think that's just, like, your standard nut, but the honey nut nut was almonds. Dude, we got an almond tree in the backyard, and it's, like, a big tree. It is a full-on tree. It flowers. It gives off nuts. The problem is... There is so much water required to get, like, a bucket full of almonds, which is cool, but it's not really that much when you consider, like, the amount of water that you're throwing into these, into these almond trees. And here's another problem. The nuts are high up in the tree. We have, like, a device to get them down, but the nuts are high up in the tree. And before you can get the nuts, the birds, the blackbirds, those big black crow-like birds that circle the house all the time because it's haunted, they, they get a hold of all the almonds up there before we can get them down. I think that they get like a full-on third, but it's fine, I guess, in the long run. But I understand why they why they move to uh, apricot pits. One has to wonder, though, do they like take a whole apricot and then pit it, throw away the apricot and only use the pit, or do they collect pits from like another product they might have that uses apricots, like let's say like an apricot fruit bar. Then you take the pits, you save the pits, and you turn them into Honey Nut Cheerios. That's a good idea, man. I bet you that's exactly how it works. The cereal was produced by General Mills. General Mills uh, started back in 1860 as a company that had two flour mills. Eventually, they moved into food production in 1928 and took the name General Mills. General Mills is currently the sixth largest manufacturer of food in the entire universe. At least in our portion of it. I think the um, the biggest promotional tie-in Honey Nut Cheerios ever did was with Baskin-Robbins when they launched a flavor called Honey Nut Crunch. You could get a free scoop of Honey Nut Crunch with a gift certificate inside the box of cereal. I don't think that, like, well, I know. I know that I never got a Honey Nut Crunch because when I go to Baskin-Robbins, I'm pretty, I'm pretty consistent in getting something chocolate and then also something chocolate with peanut butter. I'll get, like, two scoops and a cup. One will be just, like, some kind of generic chocolate. I'll go for the one that looks like... The chocolatiest chocolate. Like, if they have, like, triple fudge, I'll get that, and then I'll mix it in with, like, some kind of chocolate and peanut butter or something with, like, Reese's peanut butter cups in it. If they if they have it at the time, well, while the Honey Nut uh, ice cream does sound pretty good, I know that I wouldn't have ordered it at the time, but that's nothing against it because it sounds like a really great idea. There were actually... There were actually eight different series of Honey Nut Cheerios cereal boxes before they first introduced the B character, who wasn't actually given a name until the year 2000. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a sec. But it turns out that the 1970s pre-B cereal boxes are actually factually quite valuable. I did like a small little search over on the eBay, and I, I saw a couple that sold for over $300. So if you have like any... Any 1970s Honey Nut Cheerios boxes laying around, it might be a good time to get them on the old uh, eBay. The the B character was created in 1979 by Dean Yeagle, who you might know from the Playboy magazine cartoon Mandy. Mandy was like this farmer's daughter kind of girl who was always getting into all kinds of weird sexy adventures. And 
Dean Eagle followed that up with the B character on the box of the Honey Nut Cheerios. It's interesting, man. The the Mandy cartoon ran in Playboy from the 50s all the way through the 70s. And uh, our guy, Mr. Eagle, won a lot of awards for it. People considered it to be kind of kind of interesting at the time. The B, the B character wasn't named until the year 2000 when they had like this nationwide search. Everybody got the opportunity to send a name in and they were going to pick one to be the name. And the contest was won by a gal named Christine Tong. She was a fifth grader from Texas and she chose the name Buzz B. I, I know how that goes, man. Kids will name their pets after the sound that the pet makes. Like, there's probably, like, a million cats in the world named Meowy. I, myself, had a kid, a cat, rather, named Hissy back in the day. Check this out. We had a cat named Banana for, like, a million years. Banana was a good cat. She passed away this year. Uh, we miss you, Banana. But the reason Banana's named Banana is when we first got her, we let 2.0 give her a name. or just like, hey, man, name her whatever you want. And she happened to have a banana in her hand at that moment. And she said, Banana, and Banana it was. From then on, the voice of the bee was at first acted out by the great Andrew Stang, who you might know as the voice of Top Cat, as well as like a really prolific 1950s acting career. Look this guy up, man. His name is Andrew Stang. He's been in like, he's been in everything. But then he passed away and was replaced with the great Billy West, who you know from, I don't know, man. You know Billy West from like everything. Dude does like all kinds of stuff. He's a legendary, legendary voice actor. Let me see, what can I think of besides... Besides Futurama, he does one of the voices of the uh, M&M's in those animated M&M's commercials. Honey Nut Cheerios, man, it's a good cereal. I would rate it as a top five right now. We got a box in the house right at the present. And that's what's got me on this tip because I've been eating it every day as a little snacky. And it's really, it's really great. It also serves as a uh, non-milk snacky. Like if you're, if you're just looking for something to munch on, you can grab a handful of these and it'll do you, it'll do you up pretty good. So... With all that said, Honey Nut Cheerios, we honor you as this week's Milk Cereal. This is the Stuck at Home Show. Now we rock the party and come correct. Our cuts are on time and rhymes connect. Got the right to vote and will elect. And other rappers can't stand us, but give us respect. Hey, this is me. This is the guy. I see we're about to over at the Dollar Tree right now. It's been it's been a quick minute since we've recorded something in, in, in the store over here, but it's nice nice and dead right now. I'm here on a Sunday morning, and there's like nobody here. We went on a small hike and decided to pick up some supplies over here on the way back. I'm over in the I'm over in the toy section near the end. Uh, it's an end cap where they have some Final Faction action figures. If you guys have been following me on Instagram at Icy Robots or over the Facebook group, facebook.com backslash Icy Robots, you know that, like, I'm a big proponent of this Dollar Tree action figure line called Final Faction. I think that it's it's pretty great. So far, I have Steadfast, I have Ruck, and I have an alien drone, and right now in my hand, I have Steel, Sergeant Steel, who is also the name of, like, a uh, off-the-wall, like, DC character, DC Comics character, if I'm thinking right. He's, like, he's, like, a cop with a steel hand and a fist. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look that up. But Sergeant Steel is kind of, he's kind of, like, a Falcon-type guy, like Anthony Mackie. He has, like, those flight wings and all this stuff. He's dope. I also got, I also got a, um, a set here called the Air Assault Mech Weapon Pack, and it has... 
additional wings and backpacks and feet stuff and all kinds of all kinds of cool stuff to make him look more dipped out. I'm really looking forward to get into getting into this guy. So far, out of all of them, I think my favorite has been Steadfast. He's he's the leader of the team. He um he has all kinds of weaponry and armor. And then you have Ruck. I also have he has like a shoulder mounted cannon. These these guys are pretty cool for a dollar. I have to admit, back in the back in the day, I know that for sure I would have gotten up on these guys and used them in my my um my GI Joe battles. They would be like they would be like an additional team that joins up with the Joe, the final faction squad. They would they would play the role more likely than not of getting uh getting blasted by Cobra. There has to be some casualties of the war, and I can imagine Sarge Steel or Ruck getting mowed down before I'd let Shipwreck or Flint catch a bullet, but I I gotta admit, man, we all have different roles in life, and some of us action figure roles are to get a get blown away by major blood in a tank, but uh, these are fun. I also got a couple other things here. I got two packs of uh, blind bag Playmobiles. They still have the Playmobile blind bags here, and I have a bag of ice, which I'm going to take home. And I have a weird uh, room deodorizer, deodorizer rather, that smells, it smells like charcoal, which I think is wild. I, I'm looking forward to getting into that and seeing what it's all about. I like to put like an air freshener in the office so that I... I can keep the place smelling nice because I'm in there a lot. You know, it's not the biggest room in the world. It has no ventilation, so I I worry sometimes it's gonna smell like feet or it's gonna smell like dogs because my feet and the dogs are in there all the time. But I I'm gonna check out right now. I'm gonna head over to the uh, is that I like the song "Dirty Dirty Lowdown," but if you ever uh, if you ever at the Dollar Tree, check out these final fashions, man. They're well worth it for a buckaroo. Talking to say. All right, this is me, I see robots, and we're we're back here. Let's uh let's just bust this open while we're while we're here. I'm, I'm back from the Dollar Tree. I'm in the uh, office now. Let's let's just go ahead and bust into good old Sarge Steel here and see what um see what he has to offer. The the initial figure. Let's see what his origin. As a boy in the warm plains of Africa, Steel dreamed of soaring like a bird. Now a highly trained air resource, Steel has multiple specialized air packs for any mission. That's that's cool, man. He's living his dream, being a, being an aeronaut, flying through the space. Let's see, he has a backpack with wings on it. Let's get this in here. It uh, doesn't. Oh, there it goes right into the hole. Fits in pretty decently. He looks cool just with his wings, but he doesn't have a weapon with him. That's why I bought the air assault pack to make him more, more uh, aerodynamic, more versatile, faster, meaner, leaner, all that good stuff. Let's see what we get. Air Assault Pack Alpha Team 1, you get two arm cannons, a back booster, that's a jetpack that gives uh, short range jumping capabilities, leg boosters that give you speed on the ground, and additional additional wings for control. Let's, let's see, we can put the boosters on his feet. Does he have? No, he doesn't have the feet holes for the boosters, but we can give him the, uh, the arm guns. No, he doesn't have the, the uh, arm holes. What you need for these guys is they have armholes on the side, and you put the uh, pegs into the holes, and it gives them, like, extra, extra stuff. But he is not equipped for that. These would be more for Rucker Steel. Let me see. I have a little bin right here. Hold on. I'm reaching. I have all my... I've bought, like, three different packs 
of Final Faction accessories over the uh, over the past few weeks. Every time I go down, I get a different guy. I'm gonna get the whole set. But let's see, let's see if I have a cool gun he can carry when he's in flight. I do have I do have a few. Here's like a machine gun kind of thing. That's probably too bulky for when you're uh when you're zipping around. Here's something else. It's like a machine pistol of sorts. That's cool. You could fly. You could fly with that. He's cool, man. I like him. I don't think I like him as much as the other guys. The other guys. The other two I have are like, um, they're mechs. They have like mech suits on them, and you can add these different, these different components into the, uh, into the accessory ports, and they really make for like, like a neat little, uh, low price figure. He's cool, though, because of his wings are neat. Let's see, what do these other wings look like? Nah, these are more like, these wings would also go in your arms. You have to have armholes for a lot of these, but he does, he does have a pistol now, a machine pistol, so he can fly through the sky. And blast on guys, blap, blap, blap. That's fun. I like him. He's not my favorite one of the set, but I I do think he's neat. So far, I got all of them except for the ACRM, who's like the robot member of the team and the gal, whose name is Shift. She has uh she has various swords and things like that. Let's let's see, is there anything else? Nah, I think that's about it, man. I think that uh I think I'm gonna head for the hills. I just dropped something under the desk. Shout out to my guy Preston. At Squared Stiff on the tweets. Homeboy's launching a magazine called Retrofied. It's really, really great. I got one issue here. I'm digging it. So if you're into the retro scene, go check out At Squared Stiff. Ask him about his magazine. It's a print magazine, an actual factual print magazine. You guys want to get all over that as well. Worth the price. So with all that said, until we meet again, until we talk again, until we get together, I hope that you guys are going to stay safe. Keep wearing your mask. It's getting toward the end, I kind of think, but it's not It's not over yet, so we still got to stay safe. We still got to stay strong. We still got to keep hanging and banging and working out, doing all those things that we love. Go make a pizza, man. Go make a pizza. It's a lot of fun. You can do it. It is inside of you, the strength to be an American pizza man like me. Until we meet again, do the time. Don't let the time do you. Times seem hard right now. But you gotta believe things are getting better. Birds are migrating again. Rains are back. Stuff's stuff's getting better. Things are getting better. This has been an IC Robots Radio production. Hello, Fug. How are you?